Gutherson, here's Campbell Gillard right up the middle. Inside the 20, he's beaten the Batman and goes all the way, Campbell Gillard. <laughs> does he ground the ball? He grounds it. Chip chase. He'll get the bounce. He does. And Mitchell Moses continues his form here at Bankwest. Uh, hallelujah. Now, here's a halfback that's been watching the West Tigers in recent weeks. With Brown on the Gutherson. A kick in. Chance here. That's a try for Lane. Sean Lane. I think it's okay. He's out from the line. Lower decoy. Dylan Brown out the back. Gutherson. Here's a chance for Sebo. He doesn't miss an opportunity. That's his second for the night. By Dave. Not sure that was okay, but Ferguson. Ferguson, has he broken the drought? I don't think so. I think there might be a knock on at the beginning of this, right? Yes, he's got to put it down between his legs. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's okay. Oh, my God. Lane's got Sebo there, but he did. Welcome back to another edition of the Parrot Podcast. This week, I'm joined by Birdie. How's it going, lads? And Forty. Woo! And Ham. Howdy ho. And your host, Hamish, back for the 107th episode and reviewing a win over the West's Tigers. We'll give them the S. Uh, <laughs> we, gave them, we gave them an L. Didn't, uh, didn't afford that courtesy on Twitter in the first one, didn't we? And then we got some news items. We'll run over some other results of the weekend. We also had some um, uh, women's Harvey Norman premiership uh, round two over the weekend. Um, we'll jump into that results because Wentworthville played out there. And then we'll jump into the preview of our clash against the Bulldogs this Sunday. But let's start it off with a review. Eels 26, Wests Tigers 16, five tries to three. Uh, tries coming to a double to make a Sevo. Wrangle. Regan Campbell-Gillard with one of the big man season tries, best you'll ever see. Mitch Moses, Sean Lane, and then for the West Tigers, they had Luciano Lalua, David Nofaluma, and Tommy Talau. Uh, conversions, Moses terrible off the boot, two from five, but one from one penalty goals. Um, so did we want to run through some of those team stats because at halftime, the possession rates were diabolical for us, but we swung that around to 54 to 46%, 34 uh, minutes time in possession to 29 minutes for the West Tigers, 83% completion rate to the 72% for Wests. Uh, then you look, we outgained them by 400 metres, 200 post-contact metres, uh, average set distance was 0.2 metres better, average play the ball speed 3.7 to 3.28 seconds, losing that once again. Uh, then just trying to look where else there was anything else. Forced dropouts 3 to 2, kick defusal 67%, tackle efficiency were we were both at 90%. Uh, Tigers having to make an extra 80 tackles, um, but missing less, only 25 to our 31, uh, but having 16 ineffective tackles. Uh, Tigers, 14 errors to our 11. They conceded eight penalties to two. They had three ruck infringements to two and two uh, players on report. Or was that just double? Was Packer put on report twice? I can't remember. Uh, good question. No, it was um, Dwahi got a shoulder charge for the report. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then one head injury assessment 
each uh, both those players going off. Um, so well, let's start with you, Bertie. No, let's, that, that uh, can't be right. Oh, oh. That, that can't be right because Dwahi, Cheekam, McIntyre. Oh yeah, they've got that wrong. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's one Hendrick. Maybe it's just that one. Failed two, one? Two. Yeah, it must be failed. But no, they usually count that as all HIAs. Yeah, so I don't know what they've done there. Yeah, weird. Bertie, Bertie, sorry, sorry. Go. Oh, what a great win! Literally, I. You know what? It, it, it was only Thursday night, but I was already getting ready for the weekend, man. I was dancing. <laughs> I was about to get the kid off. I was so happy. I, I, as soon as this full-time happened, I sent a tweet out to our great mates, Nick Lucy, McGrath, and King Shady, you know, take the L. But um, I don't know. We started off, it was like a dodgy penalty because I didn't see a replay of what happened. Like, it seemed like a, one of those iffy calls. And then It was a strip against, we strip against Junior Paul, I believe, wasn't it? Yeah, it was oh, Paulo on um, the prison rat. Whatever his name is, Packer. Garcel. Um, yeah, and I just and then when they scored that first try, I just went, "Oh, please don't tell me!" Like I was hoping we could bounce back, but as soon as we got even share of the ball, and yeah, our class just took, you know took care of it. Like you know that that try rigging Campbell Killer. I'm going to call him the roadrunner now. Like he left the Dewey dump truck in its dust. You know it was crazy. I just, let's be fair to Dewey. He's not the fastest player. Gun. Mate, well, if you get 700k, you better have. You better be lightning. There's no one. No one's getting paid 700k to be bloody slower than bloody. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. The, the NRL rich list has got revealed, and there's a few blokes on 700 plus that have the old concrete boots on. But yeah, just I thought um, yeah, which just a class man, and I know we we're missing matter, but like it's just we're clearly a top four team. You know, we can stretch it to top two, but West Tigers, man, they, you know they they got a lot of things to work on, and yeah, they they enjoyed their um. I don't know why they took the two. Like, you'd think that's a sort of like a shit option. And- that's not the first time this season has happened against us, though. Teams are respecting our goal line mm-hmm. defense, even if we've been slumping a little bit off the back of that Manly game. Yeah, and, and I said also, like, Moses, like, he's been out for, what, three, four weeks and um, didn't miss a beat. He was just as if he was um been in, been in there the whole time. So it was actually a good performance by the lads. Yeah. 40, you're, you're champing at the bit. Go for it. <laughs> well, it was interesting because the West Tigers came to this game with lots of fire in the belly on the back of that really big win against the Brisbane Broncos last round or the round before now. So they came out fired up. And unfortunately, we continued that trend since we had against Newcastle of making those early errors and giving the opposition that time and possession in you know key places. And they scored early off a forward pass, and that was blatantly forwards from um, Harry Grant to Luciano Leilua. And you know we were on the rocks there, but we fought our way back in, and we weren't perfect, but... It was the sort of game that I think we just needed to put in the books with the W, and we did it. We got the job done. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't pretty. There were still lots of errors, and that late trial would be upsetting because we had another chance to have a second-half clean sheet for what would have been close to double digits this season. We've had a lot of them. But yeah, West Tigers fired would up. Would have been eight. There you go. Yeah, the eighth one would have been huge. So eight from 11 it would have been back then. Oh, no. Yeah, eight from 11. Yeah, because there's three games where we haven't, which yeah. is now four. So, yep. yeah. So, you know, oops. My friend dropped that. Got to give a little bit of credit to the West Tigers because they did come out pumped up. And, you know, one thing I will say is that I, I wasn't at the game, but having spoken to people at the game, both Ham, who might get to us later in the 60s, they were saying that it's by far and away apparent how much Harry Grant is their best player in that team. And he really came out fired up, tried to spearhead them around the park, coming from that dummy half with little runs, little darts, little short balls. And he was really good during that first sort of 25 to 30 minutes. And then he sort of ran out of gas, and that's when we took the game away from him in that in that sort of thirty minute to sixty minute period where we just put the pressure on him in that second rotation. Em, did you want to elaborate on that? Uh, what on Parramatta win or Harry Grant being yeah. their best player? All of it. All of it. I'll start with Harry Grant. You know, I wasn't too sure what to expect from him going into the game because you hear all the hype, and you know, I sort of sort of take notice of Tigers games. Um, geez, it directs everything, and like you can see that we focused all like every. Every run that Fergo took 
was direct straight at Harry Grant. So we knew if we made him make as many tackles as possible, I think he ended up uh, via champion making over 65 tackles. There were some missed tackles there, but he made 62 or something. Excuse me. Like, we know how good he was, and we just knew that to stop that or make him as ineffective as possible was to put him put as much defensive pressure on him. And he was getting no help from his forwards. So once... You know, once he goes back to Melbourne, Tigers are a bottom. You know, <laughs> sorry, like, I can't contain my excitement. <laughs> <laughs> like you look at Benji Marshall, there he was basically unseen until the last. I I, I don't disagree with you there, Ham. I think that the last few seasons have proved that there are sort of celestial forces beyond our comprehension. That no matter whether they've got Harry Grant or not. They're never a bottom four team. They're a ninth place team. They're a ninth place, yeah. which I think is worse. <laughs> it's uh, it's the eternal purgatory, isn't it? Never in the finals. Always a bridesmaid, never the bride. Yeah. Um, in terms of, but yes, apparently, like I won't say it's a perfect game because there was a lot of early mistakes. Uh, but I think once, or well, once Moses scored, once he that chip, that was brilliant. That was when you talk about heads up. That's perfect. Number first of all, do we slow? Like I don't think that even accounting thing run day. Uh, <laughs> Bo Scott. <laughs> few years back uh, is defending up in the line and when you're a slow fullback like, why are you defending in the line that's all that's awful defensive it was just per- and but once he scored i was like we're not going to lose it from here because they weren't making meters you know eventually we would have to take off junior and uh reg but even with our weakened bench like they didn't have anything there so you know once we got in front we just played it held the ball um you know reedy's passing from dummy half probably not conducive to uh, the wet weather. Well, we, we, the way we play the game puts a lot of pressure on Reed, doesn't it? Because we, oh. I think we we talked about this before with um that wide four alignment we really like to do, where we isolate from the half out wide to the opposition half out wide, um, and that puts a lot of pressure on Reed to hit the money for those long passes. And when it was greasy like it was on Thursday night, it's hard. Oh, hundred and like you know picking the ball up from a lot of hookers. Funnily enough, can't even pick the ball up from the ground. They've got to stand up to pass. So the fact that Reed can throw 20, 30 metre passes from the from the ground, like that's an that's an accomplishment itself. But to do it on a wet night and really only what two or three passes out of over a hundred that were astray. So you know, I'm not gonna not gonna say anything fantastic. It showed um, his little bit of experience. Uh, he's only been under the fact that come out in the second half and perform better than because Harry Grant started. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably the best player in the first 20 uh, forward passes. Um, <laughs> but Reedy just like, yeah, he just knew exactly what he had to do was hit his forwards on the short ball and uh, get him on the front foot. And What about Andrew Davey? He's the, the man for neck for, for setting up the try, hasn't he? Oh, just that, when you watch it, that run that he makes, just, it's not, not just the offload, but the run. It's, you know, he has his, in his second game of first grade, perfect line that he, like, you see a lot of players run inside out to the ruck or they run directly back into the markers whereas he starts a bit wide he's he's steaming onto the ball runs right in that hole just behind uh the ruck there i think it's into the halfback actually i think it's billy walters you run into turned his body he just sees gutho there like everything about it wasn't just the offload which is selectively very nice it was the run it was just reed reed's um ability to see that you know, Davies streaming onto the ball there. So, yeah, that was a – and finished off perfect. When he got into the clear there and he came up against <laughs> the fullback, I don't think anyone – I don't think anyone gave him a chance. And then – Payne Haas, eat your heart out. <laughs> he'll get Gutho on the 2v1. Two two and he steps off the – you want to talk about Dewey being slow, being stepped by a – Bio. Queen Mary the second turning circle. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a complete air swing as well on the tackle attempt. That was just dreadful. 
Yeah, and it goes to show you the difference between a top four param and a bottom eight team Tigers. If that was the Tigers that made the break, our wingers wouldn't be jogging back, waiting for you know Dylan Brown to be back there helping out the fullback. Well, you can bet your money on that one, yeah. You compare it to Tommy Talao. Like I know he's only played a couple of games of first grade there, but like he didn't start sprinting back until he saw he if he sprints back straight away. That try's not scored because he gets uh, Reg probably tackles him about 15, 20 meters out rather than ten. So, also, yeah. Marty wouldn't. I've done a Harry Grant just watched it. He would actually push up. Well, that 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 was a reflection of what Ham was pointing out before. Before that work mm-hmm. focused on tiring out Grant and defense. He got found out there, didn't he? He sort of ball watching as um big Reg flew into the hole. You know, so he was ball watching Russell Packer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> Russ! Get off oh. the ground, Packer! Like he like he, he ran he his mouth off. Big hit. Ran his mouth off like a champion when he knocked out Ryan Madison with the um the ball the ball carry. And beyond that, he did two crusher tackles. That was his like sole achievements that game. And then he runs what a third of re- of Campbell Gillard's run. Hey, don't don't you knock that. That's some Jake Boyevich free Dalian point effort right there from <laughs> Russell Packer. We're talking about oh, yeah. nine runs for eighty five meters and forty one tackles. That gets you free Dalian points if you play for Manly. And when, and when the Tigers were pinned in their twenty or ten, where's the big bad prop? <laughs> there were some, there was some great pictures, wasn't there, Bertie? Of him, yeah, just... he was hunching over like a little <laughs> prison rat bitch, you know, like seriously, like dropped a soap or something. Oh, like I just, yeah, it was a great performance. Um, and like what you said about Davy, like it's clear to say that Junior Paula has the best offload, right? He's so fluid and it's natural. Davy's probably second best. Like, yeah, he just he's looks sneaky, so... sneaky, comfortable for it, isn't he? He can flip it out the back or comfortable. Doesn't look like... awkward or like doesn't look like it's forced. It just looks it's just, as if it's his best trade of his game, you know. Like, and you know it's... what I like about Davy? Sorry to interrupt yeah. you there, Birdie. And is news about uh, South's superstar Joseph Suwali? It goes to show you what development and a proper program does for players. Davey is, what, 28 years old? Uh, going on yeah. 28 now, I think, yeah. 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 He's spent all that time playing reserve grade, plying his trade, and he's come into first grade, and he looks he looks comfortable. He looks like he's supposed to. You compare that with uh, your under-20 stars that come play minimal reserve grade. We saw it in Tepo Moroa, played a game and a half of reserve grade before played first. And, you know, look, look where he is. He didn't turn out to be the superstar, so... Just goes to show you, like development and pathway programs work, and they be utilised. Um, There's no rush to make your first grade debut. Like, just wait. Look at Sivo. He was 25, was he, when he made his debut? Like, there's no rush to be like before. It would have been like straight from SG Ball to Toyota Cup, and then trying to get from Toyota Cup straight into first grade. Just take your time. There's no rush, yeah. you know. Like, I don't, I don't see the point. And like, I made a comment in the Discord. Um. You look at North Queensland Cowboys. Davey's a 28-year-old in his second game, and he's he's outperforming Hess. And Hess is just he's just gone off the cliff. And you know what will they do to have Davey? And, and you know I wouldn't even take Hess over Davey at the moment. You know I I suggested give him a two-year extension, but that will push him to 30 years old. But I just he hasn't put a foot wrong in first grade. Well, that's the thing. Like I think it's on the NRL to increase squad sizes and increase minimum salary there, so it allows players that do go past that 20 years old and. They can continue training. They can continue to apply their trade in reserve grade and build up to first grade. You know, Andrew Davis was going to quit. He wasn't earning enough money. It's all well and good to say, oh, this player's on 800000 this player's on 900000 What about your blokes on 80000 the It ones. should be minimum 100 k I reckon. 100 because they do the exact same amount of training. They're, yeah. you know, I know they're, they're not, they don't bring in the money, like, uh, sponsorship deals, but they do just as much as the superstars. On but that's the what the RPA needs to be fighting for. Of every different, like every cap increase and every CBA is 
not letting the one, like the one percent of the the player population. Well, it's get a bit overrun. hard when Cam Smith is your chairperson <laughs> exactly. on that organisation. He, exactly, he's um, out there getting himself some testimonial money. He's not That's worrying it. too much about the uh, the bottom the bottom <laughs> tier guys. But um, we touched we touched on him in we touched on him in passing and talking about Davies. But Makasivo two tries makes him back um with an equal share of the um try scoring lead of Sione Katoa. Um, one of them wasn't too hard, but the other one was a great pickup, and it was a nice little um. A uh, bit of subtlety from the back line there with uh, Michael Jennings sort of fainting the catch on the cutout ball and then Sivo picking it up off his ankles. Can we, who threw the cutout ball? Laney. Was it Laney? It was, was nice it ball by Laney. It was yeah, Laney, it did yeah. come from Lane. It was a bit of a bouncer though. Sivo did well to pick it up. Yeah, off the off the um, shins there. And then got shoulder charged by Dwahi and still managed to get the ball in comfortably. So good good stuff from the big man. And that leads us to the other winger with one of the greatest tries never, like, never scored, Air Fergo. Mate, I was at the other end of the field, and I saw. I said to my stepdad, "I said he's put that down." I think it's a knock on, knock on in the lead up, but he's put that down. And yeah. my stepdad just goes, "No, he hasn't." And then we're all watching on the big screen. Yep. Wow. <laughs> like, think about the physics there, and how like gravity defying it is. He had the ball down beneath his ankles, reaching down, and it was just in his fingertips, and it still doesn't lose like grip on it. That is just insane. I would have told both my hammies doing that. That's crazy. I would have got about 30 centimetres off the air, mate. He got about, he got about uh, three metres off the air. <laughs> That's the thing. As he's going down, his feet like keep coming up. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. he keeps yeah uh, retracting the feet to avoid the, going out of touch. It's just an incredible piece of athleticism. And it's just, you know, we had the in round one against the Dogs where his toe touched the sideline. We saw the back. And then this one, it was a knock-on from Davey or offside into Gutherson. Far out. He's- if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I think that Sportsbet, their uh, post-try July celebration uh, window is obviously closing this week. But if I'm not, not mistaken, I think that they're keeping open Ferguson with his drought breaker. It's whenever he does his drought breaker <laughs> and great. does a backflip, they're going to give the 5K to men of league. So... <laughs> there's, did Sivo get the 5k for his carver I believe they did because if I recall on the Sunday footy show they, they played it as part of the thing they said how do we rate it and they the, the panel didn't give it a, a hugely a hugely high score but it was part of the um the charity donations for sure and Sean Lane I want to give him a shout out for the put down um, very easy to bobble the ball mm. in those circumstances as or, we saw in the um, St. George game yes um, so nice uh, and yeah no question on that one bang straight down um one thing that I wanted to touch on is West Tigers, whilst they overcame a lot of injuries um, in that game to, to stay in it, um, I thought we played in second gear for the majority of second oh, half, knowing that, we knew, knowing that we had it um, in the bag. Um, but I thought they were a bit mentally fragile uh, in that they focused all their attention on Ryan Madison. And once he was out of the picture uh, going off of that HIA, um, they didn't really have anybody to focus their, their attention on, not until uh, Sean Bloor and... Uh, Nathan Brown went hammer and tongs. Uh, the young bloke probably getting the best of Nathan Brown, but at least uh, Nathan went and uh, gave a bit of congratulations at the end of the game and well done on your first uh, NRL game, not like a certain JWH oh, uh, God, in the Roosters game. Oh. I mean, Heverington won, um, won won the points battle comp- comprehensively on the field and then got the knockout victory in the post-game there. Oh. Yes, but then also uh, for West Tigers, that that injury that came uh, in the beginning of, well, it wasn't in the beginning, it was in... Um, late in the first half. Yeah, late in the first half too. Sorry, I, I forget his Michael, name. Michael Cheekham. Yeah, that's that That was really awful. Yeah, attempted to tackle Sean... That- t- 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 oh, sorry, t- attempted to tackle Sean Lane, got hip-checked and then bounced into the ground for double concussion. That was absolutely horrific. Yeah, just hope that he bounces back from that and it's not a major issue. I think reports um, were that I, he's okay for the most part, so thankfully. 
yeah, when when I saw on um, the the NRL physio, he said convulsions don't really mean much in terms of the like it looks really bad, but for the actual head injury, um, they're not like determinative that it was worse than like something that might have been that Ryan Madison might have got. I think his um, wife said it's like the third or fourth time it's happened. That's pretty scary. You know, like I talk a lot of shit about Tigers and their fan. Like I just, my heart sunk and he's in opposition. Like I was like so worried. I was like praying. I was literally praying that he was, he'll be okay because, you know, we were talking about before the pod. Like you don't see it in UFC. That's a physical sport. And you see this guy shaking and there's nothing you can do. And I'm just like, we, we, we talked about last year, Tepai might need to give up his career because of his head knock. Like, I don't know what more Chicken might have to do. Like, that's just a scary look in the league and. We, got to, we can't joke about, you know, HIAs and concussions. We've got to take it seriously. And you see a lot of dickheads joke about it on Twitter with um, Madison. Well, that's a prime example of why you shouldn't laugh, you know? Like, it's just crazy. Yeah, definitely well said. Um, but, uh, yeah, fingers crossed both Ryan Madison and uh, Cheekham will come out the, the better of it on the other end. But, yeah, I, I thought we'd witness somebody bloody die on the field um, being there live because you could see he just stopped and then... Everybody, all the trainers, whether they were Eels or West Tigers, just ran over to him. Um, to, yeah, that's right. I thought they were like, you know, getting the blue the blue tarp out was, or the tent out was what the cops do when, when there's a fatality. Um, but, yeah, and, and, and it was the West Tigers' main trainer. He just ran straight back to where the doctor was and, like, just waved his arms. And then, yeah, just everybody was running. It was, yeah, it was awful scenes. Um, other awful scenes were trying to park around Parramatta. Um, that was that was awful. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's the thing because there's no uh, reserve ground. I didn't get there until I think it was about twenty past seven. What's yeah, I got there about seven. So was, um, we, we were about four streets back. I want to ask a question, passing. right, lads? So obviously over the weekend we had monsoonal weather. Do you think if we had that on Thursday night, like we could have could have had like a Knights and Bulldogs performance where Tigers may have been a bit more competitive because we got a bit lucky. It was slippery, but it wasn't like. You know, heavy rain and you know, I, yeah, know. I still think that there was a lot of dew on the field. Um, I but I, I think our middle forwards would have come to the fore there. They like to go hammer and tongs down the middle, and I don't think um, Tigers, especially with injuries, their their middle could have sustained them. Well, that's the thing. The dogs play a game where they don't try anything. You know, they completed it like ninety something percent, and the Knights just weren't prepared to play to throw the ball around a little bit. If they held it early against the dogs, they they smashed them in the end. And they could have thrown it around. At the end, but the dogs just hold on, hold on, hold on, wait for you to make a mistake, and then jag a lucky try. Like, look at the try, one of the tries they scored. Um, I think it was Lewis or Foreman put a kick in, and it rebounded off a Knights player, which wrong-footed Ponga. And I think that was their third try. I'm going to say, yeah, SASA went to dive, do fields catch, and yeah, yeah, so it's just, like it's just a, that's a lucky. That's not a well-worked try. It's just a lucky try, and that's what the dogs have planned their game around. Hold the ball, make you know, not even trying to put pressure on your opposition because they don't really come up and try and hit hard in defense they just sort of wait back just wait 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 mistake and just see if they can jag a try that's no disrespect to the bulldogs but that's just the way they play yeah no, I, I think we still beat the tigers any which way yeah i don't think the tigers have that sort of um style they don't, they don't play that style all right well i think that'll wrap up the review over the west tigers will verse them again in the final round of the regular season um so he's hoping for another clash and hoping we've got those players, which will will be back from injury, and 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 um, well, sorry, what I meant to say is hoping our players won't be out with the injury the round before, so we'll have a more sort of consolidated team. So we which can is consign them to knife base. 
in the um, yeah, well, regulation season. Oh, sorry, go go ahead. And I was going to say, hopefully, uh, they're sort of in and around that eighth spot at that time because uh, a nice disrespectful field. Goal. <laughs> oh, they've, they've, they have an absolutely brutal. Can we draw, bring though? back uh, a certain uh, Sharks forward for one game in the Eagles <laughs> colours to, <laughs> to give them that disrespectful? A Ryan Madison field goal that would be fantastic. Oh. <laughs> One from Maddo in the first half, one from Moses in the second. Oh, the ultimate disrespect! But yeah, they've got they've got an absolutely horrific draw, uh, the West Tigers. So they're, if they're in a position to fight for the eighth, that'll be a credit to them, I think, because they've got pretty yeah, much every contender. They, what are they now? They're sitting five wins, six losses, and they've had the the easiest part of their draw. So it's um mm-hmm. yeah. Um, one thing I did want to touch on though is is Ferguson. That knee is is just obviously hobbling him um, throughout the game, and you can see that especially when Wanga we put up those plays for the bat back. Um, Ferguson used to be the first one there to get up for those balls and and really attack the football. Um, now obviously you've got Wanga who's a a good target, but you can see Ferguson. He's holding off like ten meters away. Um, I don't think he trusts himself to to cover a line break if the ball goes down to an opposition player. He's giving himself that extra room to make that tackling case. So I just I, I, I don't know what the answer is for his knee. It just seems he's going to have to tough it out, and he's doing the hard stuff. But just as an attacking weapon, it's it's certainly blunted him this season. Yeah, unfortunately, it, it is what it is, isn't it? When you're trying to manage a condition that, um, f- like literally just through load management rather than medication, because of his unique situation. So. I wouldn't be surprised if we end up spelling him for another game down the track because we do have, you know, there is no easy game in the in the competition. But with you know, the likes of just looking ahead, maybe the Warriors or the Broncos um, towards the back end of our last four games, we might end I think up. Round twenty would be an easy game. <laughs> I mean, the, the, we 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 jest about that, but depending on how seating works out, um, depending like you know how results go, we might not be able to make or lose a, a spot in the ladder at round twenty. So that would be the ideal situation to rest him in that case. Yes, and plus also you don't like. You don't want to get complacent. No, I'm not saying complacent. I mean, like, you want your team going footy. Because we saw a couple of years ago, it's a storm, rested players leading in, and they just did not the storm. So I'm not sure if round 20 would be the right time. You know, that last month, I reckon, as we can. Yeah, well, I think we've got, outside of the storm and the Panthers game, we've got some games within that period where we can start to rest players um, a little bit. And Ferguson did say on the um, Channel 9 on Sunday football show, that they, they were going to rest. Um, like I think he mentioned Jennings specifically, but some of the older players, he said they were going to start resting them throughout the, uh, the back half of the season. And I think we've seen that across the NRL, um, that even those top three teams like ourselves, Roosters, Penrith, um, and Storm, uh, well, Storm not exactly, but the other two teams, Penrith and Roosters, in the last couple of weeks, they've you know only just managed to get wins over lesser teams. And that's just the grind of a twenty-week season. Well, eighteen rounds without a break. So, um, and that's yeah, why that's why this week smart. was so big for us with the ten-day turnaround. It's like a mini buy, so we have a it chance is. to reset and refocus for the Bulldogs. Well, let's get into those new news items, and the first one will be this round is the Indigenous round. So, um, there's a link in the show notes to the NRL's promotion of that, and you can see our Eels Indigenous round jersey. I really like this one, actually. I Absolutely think it's cracking design. Yeah, yeah they did a really good job. Worked to the last game. Was this was this one player player inspired, or was this outsourced? Absolutely. Okay, whoever, whoever did it did a fantastic job, so credit to them. My Aboriginal artist, Danielle Mate-Sullivan, with input from Eels player, Will Smith. The artwork is called Connection and represents the connection to past and present. The large circle on the front of the jersey represents the meeting place for players, warriors of the game, while the line to the top is a journey line to the player's homeland. 
There you are. There you go. That's beautiful. a nice little piece, and that's on that link that's in the show notes. But quoting from the NRL, um, this round and this campaign reminds us all of the need for better awareness of Australia's history to ensure a fairer future for all. Thanks to Commissioner Megan Davis, I've spent time listening to a delegation of our Indigenous players. In fact, I was very disappointed with myself for not being – sorry, that's just our BA on the line uh, – with not being uh, aware of the difficulties and challenges they endured. I now have a much better understanding of their issues and I was greatly inspired by their passion and commitment in having a voice for their community. I now hope for the greater community to have awareness of their history and culture. We all have a role to play in educating ourselves about the past so that we may embrace a more inclusive future together. Um, so turn out for Indigenous Round, give plenty of support to our Indigenous players and uh, this uh, news link as well also lists all the Indigenous players in our game uh, and which team they're in. And for the Eels, we've got Blake Ferguson. Um, I don't want to um, be disrespectful and get the, the name of their, their mob or their tribe wrong, um, but you can see what it is there. I, I, I can't pronounce it. Um, Jai Field and Will Smith. Uh, two teams in the NRL don't have any Indigenous players. Can you... Uh, who, who do you think they are? Do you guys I, want to I, I don't want to answer because I'm cheating. I've got this um, the shit ahead of me. So. Very, no. And I'm not surprised, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Okay, I haven't got it up. Well, it's down to you, Ham. <laughs> Warriors? Wrong. Yeah. Wow. They've yeah. got two. No, I wouldn't have. Well, we, we, it's we, the one, West yeah. Tigers <laughs> and the Sydney City Roosters. Really? Really, really. There you go. But Roosters, I guess, would have had... Lost uh, the high-profile uh, Indigenous sure. player in Latrell. Yeah. And then the, yeah, the Tigers. The Tigers a little bit surprising, but just trying to trying to think who they've had around. Well, they had Corey Thompson, who's now at the Titans. True. They they jettisoned mid season. Yeah, um, but Rabbitohs and Titans seem to have the greatest representation of Indigenous, tr- which Australia. which isn't surprising because the Rabbitohs obviously have a very strong connection to the Indigenous uh, grassroots rugby league, and then the Titans as well um, have caught upon in their local juniors lots of Indigenous people, so that's cool. All right, next bit of news. Michael Jennings re-signs for a further two years. Do we know if this was partly an option, partly? Well, or did he I believe that NRL.com had, had his, originally had his 2021, uh, uh, what's it called, uh, season installed as just a normal contract year. And then the news broke that it was a player option last week and that his manager you know, was sussing out a new deal between him, between Eels or another club. And then we obviously moved swiftly to extend him. So I imagine so that it would just be... just really an extra year. I, I assume that it would be a plus one. Let me just have a quick check of the NRL contracts for you and see what they've got to say. I mean, yeah. to get him to re-sign, why um, not? Yeah. And he can always play that sort of, you know, um, older man's role uh, at well, centre, whether he's playing the whole season in first grade or playing a bit of reserve grade. They, they haven't in. updated him at all, so he's still listed for 2021 only. So I, I assume that would be... Yeah. A, a 2022 extension. So they turned the player option into a a, a fully vetted contract, uh, like both sides agreed to, with a plus one. Yeah, well, after that awful 2018 season, and that's not just on him, the whole team was. Uh, 2019, and so far in 2020, he's been fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, also, didn't um, he, definitely uh, a smart sign. Didn't he um, activate he Because I thought he had a player choice in that awful year 2018, and we were a bit like, and yes. was a bit like oh, really? So that, was, that would have been for 2019, and... So I don't know how did he sign again after that, or is this? 
I'm not sure. I think, yeah, I think... But in any event, he's here until 2022. And the, the club general manager of football, Mark O'Neill, had to say, I'm very pleased to see Michael remain at the Eels. He is a very popular member of our squad and is currently playing some of the best football of his career. Similarly, in an off-field capacity, Michael appears to be thriving with a great life balance and strong family support network. Yeah, and... I have no doubt that this news will be as warmly welcomed by our members and fans as it was by our players and staff. That's something that Sixties noted in the, the TCT post-game review um, that we had a chat on on Sunday. He was saying that at training, Michael Jennings has been a lot more active in our mentoring a lot of young guys. And I think that it's something that Brad Arthur's actually mentioned multiple times this season because obviously Jenko has been the, the focus of a few press conferences with his great efforts. And I think that Brad sort of intimated that uh, being a father has really helped bring things to perspective for Jenko and it's um, you know, really brought balance to his um, approach to the game. So that's fantastic for us. And um, it's interesting, you know, you, you think about Jennings, Penrith Jr. went to the Roosters, but if he plays out the rest of this year and then the next two years, most appearances will be for the Eels. Do you do you reckon when he retires, he'll well, be... I th- I, I, I'm having deja vu here. I swear we've had this conversation. Yeah, I, th- I think, I, think I, I, bro- I booked this question before. <laughs> and I think the consensus was if he wins a title here and he gets like firmly into the top 10 for all-time try scorers, there is a very good chance he is retired as an eel in the eyes of the vast, like the the majority. Yeah, I think we're all great. Uh, next news item, uh, Mitch Moses to manage that troublesome calf over the remainder of the season. Um, so Moses provided some quotes to NRL, um, just confirming that he tore that calf uh, earlier in the year. Um, and he was 50-50 going into the first game in round three. Uh, but then against the Raiders, he popped some of that scar tissue. Um, so essentially he's just got to manage that calf till the end of the year. And then I don't know if it's reconstructive surgery at the end of the year or some sort of surgery, um, but it's something he'll have to manage for the rest of the year. And, and again, that might see well, him have some some time off and, and Jai Field's been able to come in for a game or two. So, yeah. Yeah, and now, now we've had Jordan Rankin in the system for a while too. You've got Brad Takarangi getting a little bit more game time. We're much better equipped between those three players, I think, to find the balance somehow. Agreed. Then the last bit of news, uh, loan deal. So... Polar Express is over to the Warriors, and so it's George Jennings. New Zealand Warriors coach Todd Payton is looking forward to welcoming the duo, um, who will come into the camp for the next four weeks, and I think there's room for them to be extended as well, depending on um, our own injuries, etc. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, Payton had to say, I've spoken to them both, and they're super excited. There's some quality there too that should help. They need to learn pretty quickly, four or five days. They need to know our calls, understand our structures a little and find themselves in the groove. But we're delighted to have David, uh, sorry, Daniel and George joining us to boost our stocks in the area where we're most exposed. Um, so good stuff there from the Eels. Oh, sorry, Peyton went on to say we can't thank Brad, Arthur and the Eels enough for helping us out. Um, so a lot of teams were you know, talking the talk, but it's good to see uh, between ourselves and, and Penrith uh, coming to the fore and actually loaning some players yeah, to the Warriors this... that aren't just 18-year-olds who, who they want to get some first-grade experience into. This deal's been in the works for a little bit, I believe, because the um, the media's talked about, I think, these two players, and I think the other two names that were maybe thrown up was definitely Jamin Salmon and maybe Hayes Dunster. And so, obviously, Parramatta had to negotiate their own little troublesome run with injuries up until uh, most recently. And once we manage to greenlight a couple of players, which we'll get to later, we could send these guys off with our blessings. And it also comes a week. I mean, obviously this had been in the, in the works for a while for us, but it comes a week after Todd Payton actually called out those clubs for saying, you know, you're, you're talking a lot about supporting us, but no one barring, you know, Penrith and um, who was the other club? Who, where did Jack, the Roosters, the, former and silly. And then Jack Murchie, where did he come from? Cronulla maybe? Isn't he? Yeah, I think that's Cronulla or Dragons. One yeah, of those. and so the, 
Canberra, there you go. The, oh, only, Canberra. Only, yeah, been, only been a handful. Junior. Yeah, only been a handful of those loans, and now obviously Parramatta dropping those two players off for him is huge. Oh, well, also, it does benefit us because these guys aren't playing. Yeah, and so come finals time, if we do need to call on them, they're going to be coming back in with at least some game time under their belts rather than none. Yeah, and it's good to see them, you know, straight into straight on the island. Jeez, that's a big loss. And, um, oh, you know, obviously George isn't. I mean, that, that's, that's not a slight on George, but that's, that's one of the, you know, up there if Parramatta is one of the premier wing pairings in the competition yeah. and, you know, to lose is, both of them. Uh, George in his one game, I know he made the... No, he was really good beyond that, though. Error, yeah. But his running metres, he made over 200 metres in that game. So, you know, while they are losing something there and probably more in the air, a power, George, you know, I think George will do a good job for him and um, good to see Danny on the bench. He'll probably have game time and hope they do well. While, while I actually um, applaud this move from us, like, see, Alvaro was what? A fifth, sixth best prop. Jennings, he, he literally came in for uh, Fergo. So, like, who comes in now if we have an injury? Does Tacker go to the wing? Does no, I think, get I mean, call up? I mean, Tacker, they could mess with for sure. But I reckon that there, there's a genuine interest in seeing how both Rankin and Dunster could fare on the wing for yeah. us. Get Hayes in. I'd get Hayes. I think someone said in the Discord he's actually bulked up this um, yeah, um, season. I mean, six, I think Sixes is mentioned in a training report saying that he looks physically um, in really good condition to make that push for a first grade spot if the opportunity presents itself. And I think that wraps up for, or yeah, that wraps up the news. And then just on to the other competition, I, I, I took a gander over at New South Wales Rugby League website, and the New South Wales Women's Premiership is forging ahead, uh, whereas every other New South Wales comp is uh, on lockdown still. Uh, so let's have a look at the round two action. Cronulla Sharks eighteen defeated North Sydney Bears ten. Uh, then on to Central Coast Roosters, 32 over South Sydney, Rabbitohs 8. Uh, you should look at some of the breakaway tries from the Central Coast Roosters. It was fantastic stuff. Uh, our feeder side, uh, or women's side, is Wentworthville 4. They went down to Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs 14. Uh, fingers crossed that won't be a repeat uh, next uh, in, in the first grade um, for us. Uh, so Wentworthville remaining winless in 2020 after two rounds and West Tigers had a bye. Um, so this is in round three. I think they mean round two because that was only round two. Uh, but there, there's some, some some women's footy being played. Uh, in This this is the equivalent to, to New South Wales Cup, isn't it? Yeah. Because the women's comp, I, I do believe they're having a still the four teams again, but that will be running again later in the season is my understanding. Yeah, I think they were. I think because it was... Cancelled initially. All right, well, let's look at the other round 11 action. So on Friday, the first game, Cowboys 12, Manly 24. Um, Cowboys, gosh, they like to shoot themselves in the foot over <laughs> and over and over again. Yeah, they, um, they could have easily won this game against Manly, but my goodness, uh, that's just painful to watch for Cowboys. Yeah, and obviously they're down on, on troops because Michael Morgan's not back and uh, Drinkwater, was he, is he injured? Is that we broke his hand? I think maybe. So they're well down on the playmaking stakes, but they got that young um, RC that went in there and did a good job. But yeah, just so many errors. Jeez, that's it's a rough gig stepping into as an assistant coach there. And Josh Hannay actually did an all right job getting them up for the game, but Manly were not that good, and they could have easily been toppled there. Nothing else to say about that yeah. game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one one thing worth noting is that the um, one of the anti-vaxxers quietly got his flu shot. Apparently, so. Um, that I mean, I believe that the way they worded it was he conformed to team protocol, so I assume that he got his flu shot AFB. Oh, has he um, gone to Bunnings any time recently? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And then on to Friday night, uh, the premier game, and oh, Channel 9 are, uh, are shooting themselves at the moment. Yeah, they've got so many more Broncos Thursday and Friday night games going. Uh, but Broncos 8, Storm 46, which it looked like a close affair at half time. And, you know, the commentators are rapping Broncos. Oh, yeah, they've stuck with it. It's half <laughs> yes. time. Done well. And then the second half was just, yeah. The Storm weren't even seen that, from Broncos. The Storm weren't even that good. They were off their game, honestly. There was like so much dysfunction during their first half. And yes, the Broncos did okay to stick with them in that first 40, but God, their their issues are just so deeply rooted in that club. <laughs> um, it was us. It's it was hard us. to watch, but I will endure. <laughs> so like, how does a team, you know, every kid south of, I don't know where. Oh, deep deep into the New South Wales border. Don't, don't worry about Queensland. They've got Northern New South Wales cornered as well. So they've got such an incredible catchment. They've got some very talented people. Also couldn't <laughs> That where it could go wrong. It's incredible, isn't it? At the fl- at the flick of the drop of a hat, flick of a the Bronco. You know, no, I wouldn't. Say the glamour club likes to. Be. But pe- people talk about they were building for a dynasty with that young Ford pack, and how they were going to be the team to beat for the next decade. And here like we. They should be a top six side, and now they're just not. And of course, they were rocked by the news following that loss that David Fafita is committed to the Titans for three years, and then that came after That's that. That's on all dumber. the money. Yeah. That that I mean I know that the the Titans are trying to defend the signature, saying that it makes sense from a financial perspective, but that is way too much money to commit to an edge back rower. But then on the back of that, I think Tessie's new dad came out in social media saying that his son is ready to follow Fafita to the Titans after signing a one year extension for the Broncos. So the the dramas in um on on Brisbane Town sort of stuff just keep on keeping on. Who's feeding the ball? Like, yeah, well, that that's the problem, isn't it? That they've committed over two million dollars to the two edge back row spots. And they've got zero locked-in people in the spine. I know they'll throw out uh, the the guy that's playing bench hooker for him. That was for AJ Brimson. No, 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 no. Oh, no. Are you talking about the uh, uh, Tanner, Boyd. Tanner Boyd? Tanner Boyd, yeah. And they'll throw out AJ Brimson. But the fact is that Tanner Boyd has done okay in very limited stints off the bench, and AJ Brimson cannot stay healthy. They have got, as it stands, zero proven uh, spine. Fogarty's doing well this season, I have to say. Yeah, I know, but that's that's, a, that's another shout-out for. A shout out for blokes plying their trade long. That's term. right, and it's great to see the fog get a chance to do well. But the weight of evidence suggests that he, you know, that is a, the exception rather than the the norm for him. So hopefully he can keep it together because that'd be awesome for him because that's a great regular league story. The way I see it, this is like as a um, so he signs with them now. Play, uh, other players can be like maybe I might want to go to the Tides to play for Feeder and Tino and. Like, okay, on the field it's a lot of money, but off the field, what could he bring? What what players could he attract? Because if he that, does that's, stay with them, that's a somewhat fallacious argument, though. Because I mean, the problem is usually you want to have a, that halfback or that hooker to build, like to, to encourage players to build around. On the flip side, you're trying to find that guy in the free market now, which means you've got to pay another million dollars to get that guy here. So and, uh, I think uh, someone more influential than David Fafita is. Um, I think uh, might have given a few more incentives to David Fafita. <laughs> Do you want to be a uh, Queensland rep and earn fifty thousand, an extra hundred fifty thousand? Yeah, no, no, no Queensland, no Australian jerseys unless you go sign for the Titans. That was like the Bob Fulton and uh, Dylan Walker. Um, the, how he made yeah, the, the little incentives team. for yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, well, let's jump on to the next match, which was Warriors ten, Roosters eighteen. Um, again, uh, Roosters well down on form, but enough to get over the Warriors. Nothing yeah. else to add there. That's right. It was a plucky F from the Warriors, but the conditions are ordinary. The Roosters played well below their best. So well done to the bros for 
I mean, they've, they've had such a miserable time in Australia um, with all those, you know, challenging conditions between between away from the family and the mounting injury toll. So the fact that they made this a game, a contest, it really reflects well on their, you know, commitment this season. And, um, yeah, we, we already shouted out Jack Harrington, who um, tore into uh, JWH. So well done to the, the, young, the young psycho there. He's got the crazy eyes, Jack. How about the punter that had 150K on the Roosters? Jesus Christ, man! I would have been on my, I would have been on my knees the whole game I, praying to every god. This this game was karma for me because I captained Teddy, thinking that he was going to absolutely wipe the floor off the. Room, I did the exact the same thing, and uh, he didn't have a bad you, game. But you're not alone. He ended up costing me the rounds. <laughs> yep, it also cost me in my head to head. So yes. Ouch. Um, all right, then on to Sharks 28 the to the Bunker Dragons 24. Sucks. What the hell it really, is this really game? sucks. <laughs> this was a weird one, wasn't it? There were some fantastic tries. Uh, the brain-dead work from the bunker. Uh, no, pretty, pretty classic rivalry between the or derby game between the two teams, I suppose. That's all we've got to say. Aaron Wood's getting a try. Shouldn't that be an automatic win? Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> come down. It's like sinking the eight ball for the opposite when, when you're playing ball. You let Aaron Wood score a try, you lose the game. <laughs> well, but Jack Williams as well scoring a try in the first try of the game. Uh, well, sorry, the first try for the Sharks. And that bloke's had hands like flipping. Yeah, moment, he so. he's, he's had some tepai yeah. issues when it comes to scoring the try. But um, yeah, Zach Lomax scored a couple of nice tries and the Dragons, I know that they were robbed. But yeah, like when you give up those sort of tries, I suppose. Yeah. But um, yeah. Well, yeah, that's that, about right, isn't that, it? That game was probably actually had some important implications because it cements the Sharks um, in seventh spot. Uh, ahead of the chasing pack, which includes the Dragons. So, yeah, that, that sort of could have flipped the um, positions on the ladder significantly if they'd won. And then we go to uh, the Knights, uh, sorry, the Raiders getting over the top of the Rabbitohs. I didn't watch all of this, but... Um, body bag game. Oh, my God. Yeah. The, the injuries in this game. Awful it was It was a very ugly game. It was tough conditions in Canberra, but the amount of injuries, oh, my God. So, and it continues the trend of the Rabbitohs not being good enough to beat a top eight team, doesn't it? Um, Raiders got the job done. Undermanned. It does. And uh, that um that young Starling has been okay for him as an interchange dummy half, actually. So, you know, the sort of life without Josh Hodgson, they're doing okay as it stands. Then on to Sunday, Newcastle against the oh. Bulldogs, 12-18. <laughs> Newcastle diabolical, but the the injuries to their hookers, like, that's just... Ugh. The, especially the one for McCulloch. He, he, he just... Um, that was... We, we talked about it before. That was literally ish, uh, shades of Shane Shackleton, wasn't it? Just getting like forcibly splitted on the ground and tearing that hamstring off the bone, awful injury. And then you had um, off the bench Connor Watson coming back from that ankle injury. It looked like there was an actual sniper in the ground because he goes to push out from marker and just loses that left leg completely and just goes to the ground. Just horrific back to back hooker injuries within minutes. So yeah, they, the game was after also losing their uh, premier hooker signing yeah, Braley, of the, yeah. the off season in Brayley. Um, yeah. So they're, they're uh, dregs at the moment. That was, I mean, they we talked about the, the Canberra Rabbitohs game being a bludge. This was an awful game, but the conditions were torrential. So, yeah. And, I mean, I'll, I'll give credit to the um, Knights coach, uh, Adam O'Brien, because it, it sure felt like a Brad Arthur presser if he watched it. He um, made no excuses about the two injuries, just saying that beyond that, he felt the attitude wasn't there for his boys. And it was probably fair. Um, he, you know, they were probably guilty of, you know, seeing the dogs being easy beats on the schedule and, and sort of circling that game as a W which is an easy trap to fall into, and it's something that we will get to later. But yeah, so I, I thought that was good coaching in light of a tough loss. So you could, you can see Brad's influence there, given the closeness between those two men. And then we're on to the last game of the round, Titans 14, Panthers 22. That flurry of tries before halftime, Titans making it interesting, but uh, Penrith just uh, turning the gears enough at the end of the game. 
I thought they had him at the near, near the start. They just held the ball a little bit. That's been the Titans' yeah, issue for this last month. Yeah, they've actually been quite competitive for the last month. And I know that you know we've meaned about Justin Holbrook and whatnot, but I think he's actually done a pretty reasonable job for them. And while I, you know we disagreed with their approach to recruitment, I think given what the roster he's had, he's made a, a pretty good um, you know pile out of those players. So yeah, I mean Penrith have been pretty off the ball in the last couple of weeks. I know they're without Appy Corusau this week, but. You know, they really struggled against North Queensland and they struggled this week against the Titans pretty heavily. But that was also reflective, we've talked about it, of most of the top four teams. And even Melbourne, they were definitely off their best against the Broncos this week. So it's just been the the wear and tear, the grind, you know, going through those 11 weeks without a bye or well, nine weeks because of the competition restarted in round three. But, you know, nine. It's just managing those injuries yeah, and getting and, to the pointy end of the season. And that's right. That just getting four. those, even if it's ugly, just getting those W's in these sort of games. So, yeah, Penrith got the job done. Um, and Titans, you know, Definitely don't look like a spoon team this year. They're not going to. I don't think they're going to make the top eight because they need a miracle run from here in. But you know, they're, they're at least they're being competitive. Yeah, they have. So let's. Um, so I'm just trying to find the draw. Uh, sorry, the ladder now. Uh, we win see. and we lose a spot. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that well, we lost two spots really. I guess um, Penrith uh, one point ahead of everybody with that buy against the Knights being the pivotal one. Uh, nine wins, one loss, one draw. I always hate when you've got that draw in there. It makes things look disgusting. <laughs> I love a draw. It's the best thing ever. Makes 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 the uh, ladder interesting. Ham's a filthy draw degenerate. Don't listen to him. Uh, then on to Storm in second position on the same amount of wins, but therefore against has taken a bump after those five, last five games they've had against uh, bottom tier competition. We do we do cling to the best defense by two points. Um, care of um the the. What's it called? The Broncos scoring eight points. So we got that going for us, but they jumped us on four and against. Got to keep the- and then comes to us, and then Roosters are two points back. So there seems to be a clear divide between two, the top two three. Wins. Two wins. Yeah, yeah, sorry, four points, two wins. And then you've got Newcastle are slipping. They're down in six. Oh, sorry, just uh, <laughs> look at that top four. The difference, over 100 for each. Yeah, to the rest, to the rest of the competition, it's insane, isn't it? And then the next closest is actually the Tigers in ninth with 58. So. Oh, because they, yeah, they whipped the Broncos, so that really pumped their point on the differential up. Wow, look at that. Yeah. Well, that's 50 points there, isn't yeah. it? So. But, yeah, that top four far and away. And then if you look, the again, that, that battle there from seventh through to tenth uh, with Rabbitohs, Sharks, etc., um, that's really going to... Um, be tough towards the back end of the season if Tigers can hang in. And so the uh, West, if Seagulls can can manage these injuries, Sharks have got a, sh- a, a an easy draw to end the season. So and you're, you're talking about the Sharks of six wins, and maybe if you want to stretch it down to eleven with the Dragons of four wins, what they're looking for is ten wins with good for and against, or eleven wins to secure a spot in the top eight based on uh, benchmarks compared to like the last twenty years of the NRL translated to that twenty round season. So yeah, Sharks four five wins off. Uh, as like the sort of entry to the top eight uh, moving forwards. Right, well, I think that wraps up other NRL chat, and then we'll jump into our preview against the Bulldogs, which will take place on Sunday, the 2nd of August at 2pm at ANZ Stadium. Um, Bulldogs, stone cold, motherless, last, $6.50 outsiders to the Eels, $1.12 coming third. Uh, so let's have a look at these team lists for the Bulldogs. Nick Meany at fullback on the wings, DWZ and Marcello Montoya. In the centres, Tim Laffey and Jake Avarillo. In the halves, Kieran Foran and Lachlan Lewis. Forwards are Aidan Tolman, Dylan Napa. Hooker is Jeremy Marshall-King. 
Second row and captain is Josh Jackson and Raymond for Tyler Mariner. And at lock is Luke Thompson. Then on the interchange, Jack Cogger, Sione Katoa, Suaso Sue, and Ofahigi Ogden. Extended bench, Kerrod Holland, Renolf Tuamaga, Chris Smith, and Remus Smith. For the Eels, we have Clint Gutherson and captain at fullback, Maker Sivo and Blake Ferguson on the wings. In the centres, Michael Jennings, Wonga Blake, and in the halves, Dylan Brown, Mitch Moses. The props are Regan Campbell-Gillard and Junior Paulo, Reed Marnie at hooker. On the second row, Sean Lane, Ryan Madison, subject to overcoming the uh, concussion protocols. Nathan Brown at lock. Interchanges, Andrew Davey, Murata Niakore, Kane Evans, Ooh. and Oregon Kafusi both return. Yes. <laughs> and then the extended bench is Brad Takarangi, Stefano Otuikumanu, David Gower, and Will Smith. Uh, then for the match officials, Chris Sutton, Tim Robbie as touch Josh, Liam Kennedy also on the touchline, Brian Norrie, and Ashley Klein no. as a senior review no. official. No, no, Klein. But we can see for us, I, I, I think it's if Ryan Madison doesn't pass HIA protocols, Andrew Davey to starting second row, and then Brad Tekarangi onto the bench. I wouldn't be surprised so if, if I started Tacker in that instance and put left Davey on the bench as the injection player, but you'd find some yep. combination of those two there. But yeah, geez, that's a team, isn't it? God, it's good to have those two bookends back on the bench. I think, like, you know, we've done well without them, but gee, it's just like you're going to obviously drop. When Reg and Junior go up, but to have uh, Oggy, Murata, and uh, Kane to back them up, uh, it's not as it's not as much as a drop. Yeah, and I mean we we've tapped into deeply into the reserves of their their ability there for Reg and Junior. I mean they've been playing in Reg's case eighty minutes or, or seventy plus minutes, and Junior's been playing sixty or so minutes every game. Like we're talking about like six weeks now, maybe or seven weeks. Yeah. Was, that's another thing I forgot to point. Reg played eighty minutes against Manly. On uh, Sunday, Sunday night, yeah, Sunday night, and sixty-five, nearly three hundred meters, and then backs up on Thursday. Well, no, Saturday. Sorry, Saturday night, making three hundred meters, and then backs up Thursday and makes up two hundred. Off, off sixty-five meter meters. <laughs> was it ninety meters. <laughs> the legend's going to grow, isn't it? And uh, then the best part was growing. in the presser. Brad was saying that he was upset. Uh, he, being Reg, was upset that he was pulled at the 65th minute. Yeah. He wanted to go the 80 minutes after like a four or five day turnaround. Like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's, but, you know, even if we can drop their minutes to, I suppose, 60 minutes, because you, you want them out there as long as possible. And if they're fresh, well, then they keep them out there. Like, and it, it also means that, that Murata can go back minutes. to being selectively, selectively used, not being limited or restricted, but selectively used in relief of Nathan Brown or as the rotation prop if needed rather than being a straight-up prop, which is what he's been used as for a while now. The way I think we can win this game, first 20 minutes, got to dominate possession and position. I don't care if we don't score one point. It could be weather-wise, 18 degrees, sunny, so it'll be nice and dry for us. If we just complete a 90% look to try and get 60% of the ball, you know, you, you bring that dog's bench on, they've got uh, utility and they've got a hooker who they've been... Uh, yeah, like they've picked they've picked an odd bench, haven't they? If those, those two sort of hybrid role guys and only two genuine forwards on there, which means that we've got a chance to really dominate that second wave um, rotation. 20 minutes play. So, and the thing is, we can play it too. Because you look at that 8 to 13 and you look at their 8 to 13. We're bigger, we're stronger, we're faster. We've got more minutes in us. We've got better attack. We've got better defense. Yeah, just hold the ball pretty much. And I reckon we, we can beat them after that 20 minutes. We'll put the, put the foot down. Start spreading the wide still, Mitch, the Blakes, Sivo and Jennings, get them. But we have to do it. 
it's, it's easy to say. It's hard to put into. Yeah, and yeah, it's must win game. We, we spoke about Newcastle probably being ambushed a bit and, and circling this game as a W or their game as a W. We can't fall into that trap, can't we? We've got to you know respect the dogs as a, especially given that our last two games against them was the eight-two meat grinder in round one of this season, and then round twenty-three they upset us at Bank West. So we know that the dogs came up for this game. But we just got to make sure we don't fall into the, their pace of play, which has been a problem for us in recent games against them. And that if we can stick to our strengths, and I think with Mitchell Moses back at the helm, that will help a great deal. You know, we, we can a start by building off a, a simple game plan and, and work on winning the middle, and then kick into the corners, and then open up the game from there. And if we do that, I think we can account for them. Yes, sounds good. And and God, can somebody just punch Lachlan Lewis in the face? God, <laughs> I hate that kid. <laughs> I don't know. You know how there's just these people that you were irrationally, irrationally do not dislike? like. Yeah. And yeah. he's just one of them for me, like just talentless hack that just he's a niggly, grubby halfback with with no you know skill at all. Um, you so- need Reedy, Nathan, you know, because he has I don't know what it is, but he just seems to have time to get up on him, so he can't put up those weird bomb nothing, but seem to <laughs> put pressure on him and. So against yeah, workshop, of- I don't understand. That's something that we've certainly missed the last couple of weeks is our kick pressure. Um, we need to get in there and start pressuring the kicker because the last couple of weeks we've allowed kickers to get to their kick, you know, with a mile of space. And that even goes back to uh, the game against the Roosters against Flanagan. So, um, yeah, we really need to, to, to be better on that. Um, the other thing we didn't touch on from the game, but Ferguson, when he got that, what I thought it was a high tackle, um, <laughs> and just <laughs> death, death stare. Moses and uh, Yeah, wow. <laughs> that was, yeah, a funny little moment. It sort of summed up the, the sort of heated tension between the two teams. And he, got, he just looked at him and realized the play was going on and just like teared into the, ne- the next guy running up to tackle him. Hilarious moment. Um, but yeah, we were all bang for a for a penalty for a high shot. I thought it was high, but it, the, then on review, it looked like it was contact yeah, just, with the, flew, the shoulder. Just because he flew up. at him, yeah, it was one of those like weird but fine plays, I suppose. Um, Birdie, is is there any points of weakness that you think we can attack at the dogs? How how, how do you break it down? Um, I just think their um, their wingers are sort of like they're not tall, they're not like midgets. So just kick to the um, Fergo, and I reckon just do high kicks. Um, I know it's not a weakness, but like I'm looking forward to the battle between Thompson v Brown because Thompson gave it to Pangai, and you know I think Brown. I, I'm just looking. F- he's going to be their forward leader, so we just shut them down and shut him down. Sorry, and other than that, um, you Ham mentioned it. Like, uh, we just got to try and play our football, and I'll, obviously our, our class should take care of the rest. Like, um, we, we're going to try and make sure because they like to play the simple football where they just you know four hit ups, kick it long, and just keep, stay in the grind. So we're going to try and do what we do with the Tigers. Because if you look at the Tigers game in the last 20, 25 minutes, they were trying chips. They were trying kicking early. Like, they all weren't playing their game style. So it's America ball. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to try and do that because Bulldogs, if they set to, if they set to a structure, they're pretty okay. But if they're going to start, like, throwing the ball around and relying on Lachlan Lewis to, you know, to throw cutout passes, um, they're going to they're going to crumble. So other than that, yeah, just their wing is a bit small. But, um, oh, Meany, sorry, I forgot. He's, what, how do I forget? He's, like... 70 pounds, 70 kilos dripping wet, you know, like, I think Guffo, you know how usually uh, Moses kicks it, bombs it, and Guffo's, you know, on his hip chasing, so, yeah, I'm all over the place at the moment, I'm just doing my fancy tape, <laughs> as always, honest, on a Tuesday. Honesty, I love your honesty, but <laughs> to a honesty fault. is a great policy. To thing. a fault. Um, all right, well, I think that wraps it up, but for the preview, uh, the, the sorry, first try score predictions, yours, Bertie. 
Hang on, I'm just going to get my Tim Bailey weather app. At the, I want to see if it's still raining. No, it's um, meant to be sunny over the weekend. So like today, yeah, today was the last rainy day, and then we've got some clear skies from Wednesday through to Sunday. All right, well, just like how I kept tweeting about Murata, give him a go, I'm going to go with Blake Ferguson. Eventually, he's going to break the streak. <laughs> and I just can't imagine what type of celebration he's going to do. If he can celebrate like that, not scoring, can you imagine what he's going to do when he scores? Um, I'm thinking 26 to 6. Um, just I reckon it'll be over the first 20 minutes. Like I'm talking like 18 nil. And then, um, yeah, I, I just want to see uh, – it's good to see the comeback. You know, uh, Evans back as well because he brings a lot of – you know – we dominated post-contact meters in the league. And, you know, he's he's a big body and he can actually um, pump the legs. So, like, it's just imagine if we had him for the whole season, what our numbers would be. So, other than that, um, yeah, I think we, we'll take care of them, you know. And, yeah, hopefully um, the referee doesn't try and make it even. But, uh, yeah, other than that, go para. 40. All righty. Um, hmm. I want to tip a big win, but that just seems a bit foolish given the history between the two teams the last couple of encounters. So I'll go for a good win, but not outrageous. 24-2 to two for the Eels. Um, for Dogs kicking an early penalty, obviously. Or I suppose they could take a consolation penalty late in the game if they want. Um, I and thought there'd be two field goals. <laughs> I mean, if they want, two, one, one in each half. Are they disrespectful? Two disrespectful, disrespectful field goals. to their own team. <laughs> <laughs> First try scorer. Um, for, I mean, I want to back Fergie, and I think he'll probably, he'll probably break the drought this week. But uh, FTS, I'll go for Dylan. Dylan Brown. Him. Uh, score prediction, I'll go 26, dog, four, and first try score it. Now, bear with me. Can I do this? Whoever plays right edge back rower, can I say that? <laughs> number, uh, number 12. Well, m- might not be number 12 because R- Maddo's named in the 12. Yeah, but like, in, you know when you have the old footy double, you know, the tickets? Yeah, I know. It's usually like substitute like that. That's why. So. <laughs> but I'm going to say the right edge back rower, and I reckon it's going to come across field. Whoa! Well, if you're going to be that specific, I think we can we can allow the um allow the uh, nebulous jersey attempt there. So it's either going to be Maddo, Tacker, or Davy, but it's going to be whoever's is playing in that right edge position. So that's okay. I've got Fergod. I'm backing him in. First try scorer, anytime try scorer, a try scorer, and I've got the Eels twenty six to four. Uh, eventual winners. This I is think some prices should... right bullshit, you two. Seriously. I go 24 2, you go 26 4, both of you. That is some prices <laughs> right know. bullshit right there. The beauty, of, the beauty of going first is you can never be um, you know, accused of copying someone because, you know, on the first result, in the first prediction, he's so <laughs> not copying me. It's like I've just made a $500 bid and they're both coming at 501 Come on. <laughs> The price is wrong, bitch. All right. Well, I think that wraps up the predictions. Uh, we hope to be back here next week uh, celebrating another Eels win. Eating them and W's. then um, how does that draw pen out after that? But we've got past the, uh, the halfway mark. I don't think we wrap that Sunday enough. Sunday week. But, yeah. Um, which... I don't know how I'm going to top last week's uh, efforts, man. I'm still on a buzz. <laughs> I, just... well, I, I don't think I mentioned it, but I'll be heading out there on Sunday. Um, so, uh, yeah, really going to enjoy getting out to the football again. And well, uh... hopefully it's not before another lockdown because uh, things are pretty precarious at the moment. So wear those masks. Don't go if you're sick. If you are going out there on a Sunday, I'd like to shout out. I've said it before on the pod, but uh, it's our only chance to go to Chubby Buns Burgers post-game. Uh, the 78 Parramatta Road at Lidcombe. After the game, they don't open till 5 o'clock, so you've got to bumble around, slow walk to your car, and uh, go there, 
grab a, a burger, chips. And Sponsorship pending. Nice. Get both. You'll probably get both salts. Chicken salt. Uh, not, not bath salts. <laughs> chicken salt is the Australian way of doing things. Make sure you get your chicken salt and your chips. Go to yeah, sponsorship pending. Hopefully for post game. Uh, use the use the code uh, Parapod and you'll get ten percent off your purchase. Uh, no yeah, guarantees. Me and I'll go who the. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna head to Bunnings to get myself a snag. You know, a bit of onions on that and and definitely know, definitely don't wear a mask and demand entry to the um the premises. Yeah, it's yeah, unconstitutional. We yes. started off our season uh, first half eight and two. Uh, we're now in the second half and we're one from from one at the moment so uh, again we've got two games that we've circled as potential losses that's against Storm and Penrith so we really need to be winning this week and winning well yeah and I think we, we've mentioned it first half of the season <laughs> 8 2 <laughs> and on that spooky bombshell we'll catch you on the next power podcast see ya boys cheers hashtag our jungle Bye.